All right. Welcome to episode 186 of Tell Me Where to Turn. I am one third of the podcast at Tommy2 underscore zero on Twitter. And where can we find the show? I was going to say, don't all you guys jump in there at once. Let's just let the, let the show breathe. Listen to the crowd. Work slowly. We're not running a gymnastics routine here. We're running a wrestling podcast. You can uh, find the show enough. at Where to Turn Pod. Uh, you find me at uh, Glenn 3 underscore 11. And you can find me at Point Break underscore Dave. Well, this is... Feels like old times. Dave and I were here, and then 20 minutes later, here comes Glenn, and we're ready to record. <laughs> we are. I, you had advance notice that uh, I'd be a little late. I left it as Glenn ish for any time proposed. So by, by advance notice, you mean, let's see, I'll, I'll get the timestamp here. We were supposed to start at 8.30. You texted at 8.31 and said, <laughs> I'm going to be late. <laughs> I, I believe that does not qualify as advance notice. And then yeah. 20 minutes later, Glenn comes running in with a green briefcase, <laughs> says he's cashing in, he's on the podcast. Yeah, I'm taking it over. <laughs> oh, but seriously, what's going on there? How, are, how, can you not, how can you not make a prearranged date and time? What's going on over there? Um, it's just it's a little more chaotic during the summer. Routines mm-hmm. pushed a little later in the evening. We typically... Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes the boys can stay up late into the night watching a movie or something, but we st- typically just let the sun govern the uh, times that they rise and go down for the night. So is is Mrs. Glenn putting them down right now? <laughs> no, I think she's asleep. <laughs> they're they're in their their rooms reading and educating themselves. If she's going to sleep this early, what time is she getting up in the morning? Well, it's, it's this is not a routine thing. It was just uh, tonight. I don't know. Maybe something's going on. The, door, the door's shut back, back there. <laughs> I have to go run by the side of the house, see if there's a window open or something. <laughs> there's a Cadillac Escalade parked in front of your house you've never seen before. <laughs> before, right, in, in this neighborhood. <laughs> Subaru Central. Why? That's true. You know what? Subaru is the official car of, don't you? Well, actually, I don't want to do that joke. Faith-based podcast. That's true. I do have a follow-along from our last... Do you guys even remember our last episode? It was about a month ago. Almost almost to the day, it was almost a month ago. We did, we did vacation talk. We yeah. all had trips. Yeah. And had Dave trips flying since high. then. Yeah. But I, I have a follow along. So I, I remember even while we were doing the podcast, I was telling you guys about our trip to Amelia Island. And I kept thinking there was something, there was a point to all that story. And, and I never got to the actual point of the story during the podcast. So my, uh, the woman who lives rent-free here in the house, the person who has the credit card number memorized who uses one click buy on Amazon three or four times a day Ooh, especially today and tomorrow that's right it's prime day that's right she uh, she was listening to the show and she said I was so excited and then you really let me down which let's be honest <laughs> <But this> <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, kind of a daily occurrence 
It's in it's the honestly bowels. just the, other than the part about being excited, that's pretty <laughs> much a daily occurrence. She goes, you didn't get to the best part of the story. She's like, you didn't tell the story about the restaurant. And I, and I couldn't believe it because I, the whole point of me telling you about the trip was leading up to this story. And then I blew it. I forgot to tell you. So we had an interfacing, a waiter, negative waiter interaction. And I, I would ask you to rule if the waiter was in the wrong, but it's not even up for debate. We had the most out-of-line waiter I've maybe ever encountered. All right. So you know how there's like certain people, I'm going to try to be delicate here, that just really bow up, get offended when they feel like you're telling them that you know more than they do or that they may possibly be wrong. You know, the type of person that could never admit they're wrong. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. That's that's what we encountered at this restaurant. So this was this was the last day of our trip and we were going for breakfast. And I think if you recall, I mentioned the the dining situation on Amelia Island typically was these old homes that have been renovated and turned into these small restaurants. And that's what that's what we encountered at this breakfast place. Limited seating, line out front. We got the last table in the restaurant. It was in the corner and we were just we're just there for some nice breakfast. So one question, if you're waiting tables for breakfast, is there any chance you're on plan A of your life plan? (laughs) (laughs) If you were doing that and you were in your mid fifties, Oh no. Would you say that you're taking the max on the 401k deductions every month? Probably not. Yeah. And this 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 was a um there's a certain type of beach person. I think you know what we're talking about. The uh just full leathered skin, chain smoker. That's that's kind of the person we're dealing with here. So our our initial interaction was generally pleasant. They uh she dropped off the menus and you know, no issues, but the uh the problem came when it was time to actually order breakfast. So my wife ordered uh, some type of egg dish, and it said in the menu that you could have hash browns and toast, your choice of toast. And then uh, underneath that on the menu, it said, and this is going to sound like our trip to Houston, it said, if you don't want toast, you can sub the toast for a nice fruit cup. <laughs> <laughs> At least you think that's the case. Hold that thought. So um, my wife ordered her eggs, and she doesn't do gluten. So toast, not really an option. For those in the gluten-free community, toast is not welcome. It's pretty highly discriminated against, if we're being honest. Man, I would not do well in in that world. It's a pretty... It's got big weather moving into Franklin here. Pretty big. You hear that outside the window. I cannot, but you're in the territory of the surprise overnight tornado or the or the surprise downtown bombing <laughs> could be the one and, and honestly with that noise i just heard it could we still could be either one yeah so, sound like hail don't know if at&t's angered anyone recently but <laughs> keep tabs on that as we move through but my wife's order was relatively simple she said you know i want the uh, whatever egg dish she said i want the 
Yeah, I want the Texas Scrambler. I want the hash browns, and I would like the fruit cup. And there was a pause from the waitress in a minute, and she said, uh, okay, and she came back uh, a minute. Wow, that is some serious thunder happening out there. Sorry. She came back a minute later, and she said, oh, I'm sorry, we, we can't substitute the, the fruit for the bread. My wife's very polite. It was not non-confrontational that she is. And she said, oh, uh, it said on the menu that you could. And the lady said, the waitress said, no, it doesn't. Whoa. It's a bold strategy. So my wife said, well, hey, let me see that menu in your hand. And she did. And very clearly, and not exaggerating, it said, you may sub toast for a fruit cup. It was a sentence right (laughs) underneath the uh, item she ordered. This is what the waitress does. She looks at it and goes... That must be a misprint. I've never seen that before. Mm. Fake news. So, in my mind, a misprint is like they added the word and instead of or. <laughs> right. Not that they added an entire sentence that said, you may substitute a fruit cup for bread. <laughs> and my wife says, very politely, well, I mean, it says that there and I'd like the fruit cup. And the waitress says, okay, and she walks away. Well, then my wife, my wife's kind of, I see her eyes getting bigger and she's leaning over and she notices that our waitress has now gone back to the kitchen, found the managers holding the menu and pointing at the line and there's some head nodding and some back and forth chatter going on. Well, then she comes back to the table and says, yeah, I just talked to the manager. Uh, We're not gonna be able to do that fruit cup for you. This was a mistake on the menu. But it's on the menu. But it's on the menu. Hold on, so real quick. Uh, there was no... Oh, go ahead. Yes, I, please. I have to ask a question. So what if you just ordered the normal breakfast and then on just ordered a fruit cup and played two extra dollars and didn't have anyone spit in your food? Was that ever <laughs> thought about? A, yeah. Well, I'm glad you asked that because at this point, I'm very much on vacation mode, not looking to have a confrontation. And I said, hey, that's fine. I'll just pay for the fruit cup. Not a big deal because that's my exact thought. I don't care. If my wife wants fruit, I'll pay the 250 or whatever it is for the fruit. And she says, oh, no, we don't offer the fruit cup a la carte. There was no fruit coming out with the meal. And then she left and never returned to our table. Somebody else brought our food out. And that was the end of the encounter. And you, you want to think I checked every square inch of what I ate for spit? <laughs> So, but how am I like? How am I, or are we in the wrong here? Because we never, we never argued with them. So, I have another question. We took it. You can't substitute the fruit cup. You can't order the fruit cup by itself. <laughs> like, how exactly do you get a fruit cup? This, the, oh, and everybody else in that restaurant had fruit cups on the yeah, plate. Yeah, this is this became personal. Such a Seinfeld type scenario. <laughs> did you when they brought out the check? Did you? point out that there was obviously some kind of misprint on the check what what are all these numbers this can't be right i did say they seem to have left a line here that has the word tip written by it i don't know why you bothered to print that on the check <laughs> have a have a short like two letter or two word sentence that i will uh it's pretty direct and to the point that's crazy i've never no, I, I don't know 
even replaying it over and over again, because it kind of ruined the rest of our morning, is we don't know what set this on the collision course, because it was a very innocuous... Originally, it was just an order, and then it was a very innocuous, oh, I saw this on the menu, let me show you, but not in a condescending way. There was none of this, like, English, do you speak it, or anything like that. Was that, was that a factor here? No, oh, okay. not at all. all right. No, no, no. So this was very, yeah, all right. No, we were making America great this is, again. Yeah, this is white on white crime. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. White collar crime. Okay. Yeah. Well, wow, that's wild. No, it was a a very strange a very strange turn of events that that did set the uh, set a negative tone for the rest of our final day in Amelia Island and and I don't know if she went home that night and was like, "F yeah, I showed those guys <laughs> that wanted the fruit." Hopefully, probably needs a probably needs a W in her in her life. <laughs> so you. And you also ran into, during that trip, is that the trip you ran into somebody that I know that's concerned about me? That is okay. true. And I feel like if they had been at this restaurant, that would not have de-escalated oh, no. the way I de-escalated <laughs> it. That, that individual probably would have just bought bought the entire establishment in spite and worked there despite his own retirement. Yes, I remember that exact person having a quote one time when there was some type of noise ordinance dispute in the neighborhood of, I don't believe, it was. I think it involved one of his children and the neighbor was doing something and it said, I don't believe that neighbor understands who they're messing with. (laughs) (laughs) And the number of attorneys I have at my disposal, yeah, so. That's great. I think about that now uh, every time that I I see (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that I see him, that he's just constantly concerned about me. They were pretty concerned. Still are, to be honest with no. you. And rightfully so. Look at you. It's fair. Very, very fair. So I think at this point in the show, we're going to shift the spotlight onto you because I think you maybe have a story that's very similar to the one you told us on the last episode. <sighs> Is this travel related? Which one are we going with first? Well, I think this involves an item going missing ah, yet again. Yes. For maybe the second time in a short duration. Well, if you'll remember, it was pretty much one year ago. We had an entire, almost an entire episode based on the uh, the great purse-snatching Walmart scandal of 2021. Oh, yes. That's right. During my trip to Colorado. So... Uh, this, this did not occur in Colorado, this, uh, which I was there recently and I, you know, we can get into a little bit of that later, but, um, this happened at the Dallas zoo the, about two weeks ago. Yeah. It was the Friday before July 4th. So the wife, I think one of the other moms took, uh, my oldest and it was a few of his friends to the zoo for uh you know about half a day pretty hot out there can't stay out there all day so anyway during the course of the day um she has her cell phone and she sets it trying to think of exactly where she was but let's just say she sets it up on a counter that's available and is doing some other things makes a mental note i set my phone here pick it up before i walk off but forgets to do so 
walks away, realizes about five, ten minutes later that she left her phone in there, goes back to get it, phone is gone. Mm. Asks a couple people, did you see a phone? Here's what it is. It's got, you know, whatever color of cover on it. Um, she interacts with who we theorize was the, the perpetrator or the perp who's about a 13, 14 year old kid that she asked if he had seen the phone and he quickly said no, but she was like, sure seemed kind of nervous and, uh, answered really Hmm. quickly. So she talks to the, like the zoo personnel, (laughs) I don't know if they have a lost she and found. Talk to the zoo. Yeah, to zoo. She went up to the elephants. Was like, <laughs> hey, if you see a phone, call out, call out to me. Uh, obviously, nobody has turned in a phone at the zoo. She gets home. She's like, well, I lost my phone. So we gotta, you know, call the uh, provider, get the phone locked. Fortunately, she didn't have anything like in the cover and the little pockets or anything. Like no credit card, no ID. Um, there was something that had our address on it, which we'll get to at the end of the story. Um, but that was, that was about it. So this was on Friday and we were going out of town for the weekend, uh, to my parents' house. So we didn't really have a window to go get a new phone, which she's due for anyway. But the phone is, you know, the phone is, is frozen. Um, but we, you know, on the find a phone, we can track it, and it the phone we can like see it. It's on the move, like it was near the zoo, and then it's somewhere else. Then it appears to be um, somewhere <laughs> near the mesquite area, just like in the middle of a field, which could have just been a big yard. Um, ultimately, it ends up in the Pleasant Grove area. Okay, and the fo- only reason we're doing this story and the so phone, you can get all your thoughts out. You got yeah. the guy's Brock Lesnar T-shirt. Now he got <laughs> your wife's phone, and and we have triangulated the phone to an exact address. And like you, the, the find a phone, you can see the outline of the phone. It's basically in the same part of this house for a good eight or ten hours. So you can I think you can put a message on the phone uh when it's in lock mode. I don't know what the appropriate term is. And she put something on there that just said, "Hey, if you have this, you just return it to a Verizon store or take it back to the zoo or I don't know what else she put on there." <laughs> or bring it to my home address that's printed on the phone. Not that. <laughs> so that was not presented as an option. And then I got to thinking, I was like, "Well, okay, how can the phone receive phone calls? I don't really want to call them. If I send a text message, would they see that? So I just start texting like, hey, can I have my phone back? And then I'm Google imaging, you know, their house. And I'm like texted a few comments about their home. Like you might want to trim those trees back. Kind of oh, hurts boy. the value a little oh, bit. Boy. So we're This is all going to be used against you in the courts. <laughs> we're, we're trolling them a little bit. Um, but then after a couple days... Then it's got the last location of the phone, but the, the time stamp is like at least a day old. So I think the, the it's been battery died. Battery died, or it's been turned off. One of the two. But I know just randomly we would hit the little alarm thing on the phone. So our theory is, at some point in time, maybe because of that, or this kid's parents just found a phone that wasn't his, that had some 
an identifying piece of paper with somebody else's name and address on it, like on his person or in his room. But we had given up, you know, it'd been several days and we just hadn't gotten gone to get a new phone yet, but that was the plan until, uh, what was it about the end of last week? So it was about a week or so approximate after the, after the crime, I go out to the mailbox there's a couple letters out there, and then there's a package. What is this? In this in this large manila folder. And I pull it out of the mailbox, and I see our address written on there in pencil, and then an address that looks very familiar in the top left, <laughs> and it really looks like it was written by a kid. And it was our phone that they had mailed wow. back oh to gosh. us. with. And they put their own return address on there? Yes. With, what kind of criminal mastermind is this? With a note included that said, I found your phone at the Dallas Zoo and all of your, I don't know, receipts and papers and stuff are all with it. Nothing is, everything's still mm. there. Hmm. I found it. I found it at the zoo. So I took it home and kept it for a week and then, <laughs> and then mailed it to you. But it's also, it's not a crime because... It was it was left somewhere and taken. It's not a crime like the the police would do anything with. Like you can file a police report for record only, but they're not doing anything with it now. If she would have been walking around at the zoo and somebody had come up to her and swiped it from her, then that's a different story. But if you leave it somewhere and then somebody takes it, then that's that's kind of on you. So was there ever a point in time? Where you entertain the idea of rolling down to Pleasant Grove for, for a phone that I think she got in 2017? No. Okay. The only thing I was ever worried about was if it had her credit cards, and which I mean, I could cancel those in 12 seconds. So that's not really that big of a concern either. So it was, it was, uh, it almost became more of a game there for a while because we're going to get a new phone anyway. So what's the. What's the big deal? Was there any concern of potentially some Glenn Hunter Biden esque pictures being on there? You can't just you can't standing get into it. nude. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure, but they couldn't get into the phone, so Unless it was just this crack team of IT professionals who's (laughs) stealing phones at the zoo. So let's just get down to brass tacks here. The kid that had the phone. If he was one half of a tag team. (laughs) And he was getting beat up in the ring and he needed to get the hot tag. Would he be diving to tag the hand of Angelo Dawkins or Dash Wilder? My guess is that he would reach over... Give the tag to Angel Garza, who would then remove the pants, and Los Lotharios would pin the Viking Raiders one, two, three. Boy, there's a WrestleMania main event. No kidding. That's that's kickoff show. They still do kickoff shows. I don't think they do anymore. No. Yeah, okay, we've lost Glenn. I was like, I don't even think they're gonna have a. I don't even think they're going to have a SummerSlam, much less a kickoff show, the way ticket sales are looking right now. And the, uh, if they wanted, if they don't have a grand plan of 
Roman versus Rock, and they're just looking for a way to get the title off Roman, like, you know, just for something. Roman Brock last man standing ends with a theory cash-in. I think that's the how you do it. Very interesting theory. We could be there, but probably not. One thing one thing I'm very interested in is potentially making an appearance at the Ric Flair last match happening less than three miles from my workplace. You do realize, I don't know if you've seen any of his training videos, but the odds... Oh, I've seen them. The odds of that being his last match and his last moments on this earth, very high. Oh, no, I fully expect this is going to end with him going up for the Ram Jam (laughs) one last time. He's going to climb the ropes for the... uh, double axe handle and actually hit it one time in his career and then immediately die like Donnie and the big Lebowski could happen but yeah so and and they they're being very cagey about how it's all going to go down I've heard six man tag I've heard mystery opponent the great Conrad Thompson is involved though so could be anything all right, so while we're waiting for Glenn to return, do you want do you want to hear the genius idea I had? Because we missed, normally we do a Father's Day themed episode, but I wanted to ask you this. Have you ever attempted to work in a nice round of golf on Father's Day? No, but I feel like that's a very difficult day to get a tee time. It is an extremely difficult day. So listen to this great idea. I think what you do is you reverse it. Oh boy, here comes Glenn. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. No, so essentially the idea is you and uh you and the the wife decide to completely reverse Father's Day and Mother's Day. So on Father's Day, you actually stay home and be a father, and she can go do spa day or whatever that's normally booked up on Mother's Day. And then on Mother's Day, she stays home and is a mother, and you get free tea times because you're not trying to play golf on Father's Day when it's booked. That's right, and probably all the brunch places are open on Father's Day. Yes. See, this is the kind of thinking that's gotten Dave to where he is in the world today. It's probably the best idea since the bent carrot commercial. (laughs) Speaking of good ideas, despite the fact that it's storming outside, I just received a text message that said uh, all of my cars have been filled with gas in my driveway. So that's good to know. Man, the life of luxury. Wait a second. You have your own gas station? So, we've talked on the show before. There are things that we've said are worth spending the money for. We've, we've, we've talked about having a maid. We've talked about having somebody to mow your lawn. Let me introduce the mobile gas service. It's an app. You leave your car in the driveway. If you have a locking gas flap, which I do not, you just leave it open. You tell them you want gas. They come by your house. They put gas in your car. It's just that easy. 
are they what kind of vehicles driving around is this like a big is this a big tanker or yes it is and then Juan Pablo Montoya is following closely behind it it's very strange <laughs> warm in his tires <laughs> it's a very strange visual <laughs> so let me ask you this how do you obviously your that service takes care of your you know fuel needs how do you take care <laughs> of your needs for getting accosted by homeless people while you're standing outside your car? Because <laughs> I feel like you're missing out on the gas station no, experience. I'll tell you what, you're paying a premium. Well, what is the frequency of you getting <laughs> of you getting your tanks filled up? And is this so is this a I flat have... rate or is it based on need? Like, is there is there a motivation to to run your tank like almost all the way to empty because you're going to pay the same amount whether they put 15 gallons or 5 in there no it's it's based on exact amount they put in i'm on a weekly subscription service which means on tuesday night they come fill up the cars you can also request additional services so if you use more gas you can as long as you give them i think 12 hours notice they'll come whenever you need and uh, they just charge you whatever the market rate is for that day. So there's really no downside uh, to it other uh, yeah, other than the fact, I guess, if there was a large fuel spill and explosion at your house. But like I said, they keep JPM behind the truck, so <laughs> everything's fine. I, this is not anything I've ever heard of. This is crazy. It's, it's amazing. Dave... I believe you have an email to review, a show email. I do. So, and, and this was the email that Glenn alleges that we never got. Is that correct? I believe so. But well, I'll check it again. That, well, you, you know, you can go ahead. We don't have to live footage of me checking email. A <laughs> uh, friend of the show, we'll, uh, we'll refer to him as the fake HBK because he's a big, uh, oh. big Shawn Michaels fan. Okay. Years ago, he emailed the podcast his thoughts on the hottest cartoon characters. <laughs> Do you remember this? Yeah, it was he big into ducks. <laughs> I believe <laughs> there were. I don't even remember. Was it Daisy Duck? There was. There was an odd, odd theme. But I'm going to read his email. I'm also going to because he quite nicely uh, included links to images of these characters because some of them, two of the three, I did not know. But I will send this to, we'll send the first one to you guys and then I will read the fake HBK's email. I just, I'm distancing from this. this. This, something about this seems really creepy. So... His email starts with, like Bruce Wayne, I've been brooding in my dark bat cave. <laughs> Considering the recent revelation about the green m <laughs> As you know, she's no longer wearing knee-high boots, but That's instead right. more comfortable shoes. Yes, as any good m M&M would do. <laughs> so, um, let me get to... This first one that I just sent to you guys. 
He says, The revelation has led me to consider my list of the hottest cartoon characters. I present my current top three. So the first one is Ashima from Thomas the Tank Engine's Journey Beyond Sodor. The South Asian train is not only gorgeous. There's the title of the episode. (laughs) The South Asian train is not only gorgeous, but also encouraging and adept at her job. The total package. So what do we think of Ashima? Are we sure she's South Asian? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get into details, but there seems like there may be one thing that's a little too open. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And we will go on to number two in the top three. Does anybody know who this one is? No. Um, that's from Wild Kratz. Uh, I can't yes, remember the is. name. Um, ah, it's been too long. My kids are about two years past that. This one is Aviva from Aviva. the Wild Kratz. His write-up on her is resourceful, genius, legs for days. <laughs> I think. I think the other detail I might add is minor. I'm not sure that's a character of legal age. I think she's adult in the show, but I have also not watched Wild That's Frets problematic. Well, maybe, but I'm just trying to think of the other sidekicks, and one of them is a is like a, a teenage a boy, a boy, but you know, it's a teenager with the you know the chin hair and a skateboard. I don't think he's supposed to be 25, and that's kind of his. Uh, she and him are cohorts on that show, so I could be wrong. I'm not good with cartoon ages. Maybe she's a successful late 20s businesswoman. Well, the first one was a train. So. <laughs> Aviva, also not Asian. <laughs> and the last one. Let's get everyone's thoughts on this. Does anyone know this character? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, uh, from Rescue Rangers, right? Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Gidget? Gadget. Gadget. What a Very pervert. good. Oh, uh, yes. So this uh, one. Oh, yes. I'm, he, may, he, may, he may be getting some support from <laughs> Tennessee on this one. <laughs> this one, I I'm, I'm, may need to get a, a follow-up from him on this last sentence. Because as his write-up goes, uh, Chippendale's mechanic, daredevil of the skies, animated rodent of our hearts. And then this is the line that that I'm concerned about. Plus, one time she joined a cult. (laughs) So, I need to find what episode of Rescue Rangers Gadget and David Crush cross paths. (laughs) A cult? That's what he said. So that's the new where, top three. Where is he watching are you guys, this stuff? Are you guys aware of the Chippendale Rescue Rangers recent reboot? No. Is it? Um, is that the one? Is it animated or is it? Uh, it's it's a combination of animated and live action. Okay. 
Are you aware? You guys are not aware of this. I think it's I've seen unbelievable. The, I think I've seen commercials for it. It's on Disney Plus. Is it good? It's amazing. I, 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 you should stop the show right now and watch it. It's that good. I can't believe you guys haven't seen this. Is Gadget in it? Of course. And Monterey Jacks like really wheels off. <laughs> What's live action Gadget look like? No, no, no. The, it's it's I it's a mix of animated and live action. So the original OG Rescue Rangers are all still animated, but except Dale, I believe, has paid to have himself turned into CGI. <laughs> That's a good bit because he's yeah because he's trying to remain young and hip. Yeah, check it out. In fact, check it out and then do a review next ep- uh, next episode. It's that good. All right. They even have, I think, Post Malone does the remix of the Chippendale Rescue Rangers song. Okay. I'm still not going to watch it, but I mean, that's an, that is a fun fact that it only took a few seconds. It's a fun fact that it only took a few seconds. Hey, have you, have you been drag racing in Bristol, Tennessee recently? Oh my gosh. Yes. I've conquered the mountain. Man. This is, uh, is this year two that you've done this? Yeah, and, and we're going back again in another month. So this we're going to make multiple trips. Right. Yes. And not to derail the show too much, but apparently I drove my truck from the Nashville area to Bristol and back with only two quarts of oil. So... <laughs> <laughs> So you don't have, you don't have an oil guy. You have plenty of gas. Just gas. Got a gas guy. Yeah, just gas firing, covered. firing out of the side, just splashing in the bed back and forth. But yes. no oil in the truck. In one of the more head scratching moments of my adult life. That's very. That's very. As someone who just recently got my truck fixed because I decided to, I'm going to keep it for a while longer, and. The whether it was oil slash power steering fluid leaks that I just kind of put up with for probably over a year. Well, there's evidence in the in the front of the house where I commonly park the truck because it's just covered in oil stains. But you, this is this is not you. This is not your this is not your makeup. No, the check engine light came on. A couple weeks before the Bristol trip, out of nowhere, and the, it's a relatively new vehicle. It's a couple years old, 2020. And I took it to a shop, not a dealer, a shop, and they said, oh, yeah, this there's a sensor that was bad. We changed it. And uh, I drove it for a couple of days, and then the check engine light came back on. And now we were getting very close to Bristol, uh, too close to risk putting it back in the shop because we got to have a truck Got to get to Bristol mm-hmm. at all costs. But I was noticing that it was starting to make some funny noises from the engine, like at low RPM, like clattering sound. Well, this sensor allegedly controlled the timing of the engine. So I thought, well, maybe it's just the sensor's bad. And I'll deal with it when I get back. So we drove it all the way to Bristol, drove it all the way back. You know, we kind of nursed it there, didn't, didn't hot rod it. Well, I took it to the Ford dealer, and I, I got a very – incredulous phone call from the guy and he said well we pulled the dipstick out and it was dry 
And I said, well, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he goes, you know how low it was on oil? And I said, no. And he said, six quarts low. He's like, it's an eight quart. It holds eight quarts. It had two in there. And that's why your check engine light was on, because you were driving it around with no oil. But like you said, six quarts of oil doesn't just disappear. It's got to right. be on the ground somewhere. Or if it was coming out the tailpipe, it would be smoking like, you know, the jet dryer after Juan Pablo Montoya hit it. <laughs> so this guy's, but this guy's rationale was he said, well, wherever you got the oil change, they, they didn't fill it up with oil or they didn't put enough oil in it. And I was like, but that was like three months ago. You're sure. telling me I've been driving it around for three months with no oil? And he was like, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But I do have a truck for sale right now if you're interested. <laughs> Low really? miles, no. 2022. Very well maintained, except for <laughs> yeah, one, one small like incident where it was driven for 3,000 miles with no oil. No, I, I just... Uh put some more money into mine so i think we're going to be we're going to see 2023 at least with with the old truck before i'm i'm waiting for whenever the chip shortage is finally fixed and there's just this flood of vehicles that they wanted to sell in 2020 and 2021 when that happens i'll be there you'll be there with cash in hand that's right Say you put more money into it. Did you go like with the hefty bag on the window, or <laughs> you know, you know what's funny? That was part of a problem that had to be fixed. <laughs> was it was a different window, but it it would almost close, but not quite. And I I just didn't fix it for like ten months. The amount of things you're willing to ride out. But but I don't I mean I drive to the gym a few times a week and I drive it to maybe run an errand or if there's something I need to go somewhere where I need the truck cuz I got to put something in the back like that's the only thing I use it for like having a new vehicle right now would be just crazy It's too rational of a thought so I, I drove I drove to Bristol with no oil you guys have been flying though i mean you guys take real you take real adult trips i i have been i think i've crossed one adult trip off my list at the end of this month because of my difficulties flying uh back in june along with the associated cost to fly (laughs) to fly round trip to nashville right now they're uh apparently at an all-time high so the the last time we had recorded, we talked about vacations, and I said, you know, it it been it been upwards of two weeks. I needed another trip, you know, to try to try to relax and even out again. So had a trip with some friends. We went to flew into Denver, went to Estes Park, Colorado. Great place to go. Awesome. We were only there for f- almost four about four days. Needed a little bit more time, but anyway. Coming back, so it's on a Saturday, and we're driving back, and um, the idea is we had to get out of the the Airbnb. We were going to go through Boulder. It's college town. Just kind of check it out. Maybe if we can see the football stadium, see what they got to do there, make our mm-hmm. way into Denver. Yeah, well, that too. Mm-hmm. Um, make our way into Denver. 
We didn't fly back until in the evening, so we had plenty of time to work with. So we're driving back, and then all of a sudden, to our surprise, Southwest Airlines sends out a text message. And one of the guys that was with us got it first and just hit us all with the RKO of our flight has been canceled. And apparently he has like super Southwest rewards because his initial notification was our flight was like at 6 in the evening. He's like, our flight's canceled, and they put me on a 845, which doesn't sound, that's not great, but that's just two extra hours to kill. No, no big deal. I get my text message, and it says, your flight at 6 o'clock has been canceled. We've put you on the earliest available flight, which is Sunday morning at 5.20 a.m. Oh, no. And that's when I said... That doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> that is a absolute not an option whatsoever. But there was there was four of us. So one is on like an eight forty five. The rest of us have these and they had two different flights. One of them was five twenty and the other one was like at five thirty seven, which was weird. Why do you have so many flights that early it in the morning? It seems inefficient. Yeah. But I made it known that there's no way that I'm essentially going to spend the night in the airport at the terminal and get on a 5 a.m. flight. That's just not happening. So we're looking for other options with Southwest and other airlines, but it's not a whole lot available. But we happen to come across a, a flight that leaves at I don't know. It was sometime that night. It was like, a, you know, just a little bit later than our original one. But it's not a direct flight by any means. So, of course, there's four of us. We're on the app. My buddy's driving down the highway on the app. I make him, like, exit and pull in somewhere so we don't end up in a rollover while we're looking for for flights. Of course, it's like in this panic, we fly or we find one. I'm like, okay, you know, here's the flight number. Book it. Of course, three out of the four of us get in, and there's one person, it wasn't me, one person who's left out of the mix. Well, and thoughts and prayers to that person. So be more that, successful next time and get A list. That that becomes now that's the conundrum. Well now we have is this a band of brothers, no man left behind? No, it's not. Uh, we're going to help you out to figure out your situation. But the three of us are, are we're leaving on this flight because he's like, well, I'm going to uh, sleep at the airport. Uh, I guess I'll get a hotel. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you just, you could just book another flight with a different airline for the same price about of what it would take to stay in downtown Denver for not even a night. You're going to have to leave at three in the morning and go to the airport. So anyway, we just drive to the airport. We're like, screw it, cancel everything else. We just go to the airport. Um, He goes up to the desk with Southwest. He manages to get on this flight, the last possible flight that would put him in Dallas that night. He had to fly all the way from Denver to Atlanta and then have like an hour or so layover and then fly back to Love Field. Gross. He he left before we did. Our flight went from Denver to El Paso <laughs> to San Antonio <laughs> and then to Dallas. 
and, and like the miracle of the thing is that through all this different flights, you know, he's flying all over the place. He all, I think he, because of a delay, he almost missed his connecting flight back to Dallas, but he, he barely caught it. We end up, everybody lands at love field within like 10 minutes of each other. So we get back after being on, it's a two hour flight from Denver to Dallas, but our, this trip was like seven hours <laughs> with all the stops and the, and in the, you know, waits in between flights. But we get, out of the plane, walk into the terminal, and not 10 minutes later, here comes the other member of the party just arrived as well. So, but but that, man, there's cancellations every weekend. And then we talked about going to SummerSlam and I was thinking about it and I looked at flights and the price I was looking at did, did not look very friendly <laughs> to, my, to my accounts. And I'm thinking either on the way there or the way back, I'm going to get delayed. Like something is going to happen. And it's, it's like just a couple hours too far to drive. If you were six hours away, there's no way I'm letting anybody stay with me afterwards. So forget about that. Yeah. Not even on the table. If you were like six to seven hours away, I'm, I'm just driving in like Friday and driving home Sunday, but it's like, that's good 10 hours with stops. Oh, it's probably more than that with stops. Yeah. yeah you you want to do it by air, and now is not a good time. Not at all. And who do we have to thank for that? Biden. <laughs> Dave, w- any any plane trouble for you? No, not near, near on the level of Glenn. We just had a funny one. We were took a little short flight out to see the in-laws and so it was me my wife and kiddo so we got on the plane and uh all boarded up you know everyone's in their seat they come on they're like hey um everything's fine but we can't leave yet because there's seven people that we're waiting on that their flight was late and we're waiting till they can make this one because we're their connection. And I was like, first, I've never heard that announcement before. And secondly, I don't think it's right to tell everyone that wants to go that's what's happening. So everyone's like sitting there. We're there for probably 40 minutes. Everyone oh my on the plane just sitting there waiting. Oh, wow. And then sure enough, 40 minutes later, here comes these seven people. And you want to And talk- it was Glenn. No, it wasn't Glenn, but you want to talk about serious <laughs> backstage heat, man. Those people walked on the plane, and everyone's just like, you, SOBs. And then it was weird because I was counting. I thought seven people got on, but then they waited like another 10 minutes, and then one other person came because that guy was apparently had to stop and take a big dump or something, <laughs> so we had to wait an extra 10 minutes on him. At least it better do it in the airport than in the small airplane bathroom. Well, that's though. that's true, but that's also in my travels recently. Whether it's the trip to Colorado or went to, we went to Disneyland, like the last thing, obviously you're trying to get something out of the way because <laughs> you're like in you're, you're like Will Ferrell in the movie Elf on the plane. Yeah. But that's something you don't want to need to do before your flight. Not. Because the airport isn't clean or anything like that. It's just like the availability of a seat. 
Like my kid had to go like bad before our trip to Disneyland, and I think I was was either was either two or three bathroom searches in before we could find like they're just everything. It is they threw the caution and pit road is open and everybody's going in like everybody's on the lead lap. Everybody's, so everybody's going, going, in for going four in. fresh tires. Yes, it was amazing. I told him, I was like, you're going to be okay? He's like, yeah. I was like, well, I'm glad it's not me. I can just tell you that because I'd be freaking out. Oh, my gosh. Don't take a dump at the airport, guys. No. It's, a, it's good life advice. Always date your spouse. Don't go number two at the airport. Yes. Great advice. All right. Well, to round out the show, I didn't take a trip on a plane, but I did take a little visit and – Boy, I wish you guys were there with me. This the, this would have been right up there with the moment that Glenn started laughing during the prayer at the power team. <laughs> For the feats of strength. We saw live in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena, which is where the Predators play, where they've hosted various Raws and Smackdowns that I've attended. We saw YouTube sensations Dude Perfect in their live arena show. Very interested as to the format of this show. So are you guys familiar with their body of work? Yeah. Sure, but but everything I see, not everything, but a lot of things I've seen of theirs is, yeah, it's cool that somebody threw a basketball from the top of Kyle Field and made it into a, and made it into the goal, but like it's not like it was first try. I assume it was try number 570. So how does a live show work? Right. And that's basically, so my familiarity with them was very low. Honestly, Corby's fake impression of Dude Perfect is probably, I've heard that more than actual Dude Perfect. They, uh, I certainly, yes, familiar with the trick shots. I think that's what got him on the map. And they, they do social media content. There's actually a, a relatively funny one. I've watched two that my son made me watch. He's into this, which this is kid driven. No, they show they show this stuff at school here. That's how my kids got exposure to it. Yeah. Did you know that there's a very power team element to Dude Perfect in that they are actually a ministry? I did not know that. Right, which is why I'm going to tread light the rest of this time by not Uh-oh. just totally ripping them a new one because they actually do a really good job, much better than the power team, Okay, in my estimation. No confusing basement stories. Right, no scrambler stories. But no, okay. they, you know, if we'll digress real quick to the ministry aspect, they do it the right way, which is they don't try to add false equivalencies to things, right? They're not like... I'm going to rip a phone book because Jesus did this on the cross. Like they don't, they don't draw weird parallels. They basically go out there and they're like, Hey, we're going to have a ton of fun for two hours. We're going to do all our gimmicks, all our bits, which we'll cover in a minute. Then we're going to tell you, Hey, the show's over. And if you want to leave, we're done. But if you'd like to know about our faith, hang out for a minute and we'll tell you about it. And then they go into the ministry part. Instead of trying to force feed it into everything they do where it's not really relevant, if that makes right. sense, which I appreciated. We should structure our show that way. Yeah. 
we'll do 60 minutes of just really offensive content and then you can give your testimony <laughs> before, before we get to that here's a list of people that don't really look asian yes well, let's tell the story about the awesome dong and then i'll talk to you about my personal relationship <laughs> With my Lord and Savior, no. So, so yeah. So that was, but that was something I was not aware of that there was a a very religious aspect to it. And hey, like I said, maybe caused me to turn the thing around. But there's two there's two videos on YouTube that I saw that were really funny. One was uh, that my son showed me. One was basically they do stereotypes of every sport, and it's so spot on. They do this, you know, softball douchebag guy and it's perfect and they do golf you know and everything about it like if you've played any of those sports and you see what they do it's they nail it and it's really funny and then they did another one where they were at augusta national and basically i guess right before the masters and they were out there just jacking around on the course which i can't believe they let them do but it was basically the idea was they had to complete a hole uh and it was called the all sport challenge. So like in the tee box, they would throw a football as far as they could. And then they would go to where the football was. And then they would have to hit a slap shot, you know, with a hockey stick down the fairway. And then they would throw a Frisbee. And it was like all these different things to get to the hole. And it was actually pretty funny how they did it. And oddly had Bryson DeChambeau with them doing it alongside. <laughs> Pre-live tour, Bryson, by the way. Uh, that sounds like something he'd be into. Yeah. But it was good. So anyway, so, so yeah, get back to the live show. We get there. The line to get in the building is wrapped around the arena. And it's at that exact moment when I was like, man, when I came to WWE here, I pretty much just walked right in. And I was not expecting there to be a big crowd. I thought they probably overbooked the arena. And there'd be, you know, 3,500, 4,000 people there on the floor and we'd be done. That's the, no, no, no. Hold on, that's the big arena in Nashville? Yeah. Yeah, it's the NHL arena. I mean, it would be probably comparable to AAC. Maybe not quite that big, not but Not quite close. as big. Yeah. yeah. Hope Tony they Khan's had every listening. <laughs> People like to go see misses that bad. AEW could probably sell the place out. All right. Okay. The only reason we're doing this. They had every play, They had every seat sold. It was amazing. Floor and arena. I, w- I could not believe it. But, yeah, I had the same, the same thought going in. It's like, what are they actually going to do? And what if I told you that they just went for it, did all the same gimmicks, and didn't really worry about actually making any of the shots? Oh, <laughs> man. Because what a beating. that is what happened. And they, they interspersed it with some comedy set, set pieces and some pre-recorded gimmicks. But, I mean, I can't explain to you. There's got to be somebody sitting back somewhere that says, Hey guys, maybe this wasn't like a great idea, but the kids loved it. But like, I'll give you an example. They laid like a kiddie pool down on the stage and then they're all up in the 300 level trying to throw like Nerf, you know, those Nerf footballs with the whistle tails on the end of them into the pool. They never made it. Like they were throwing them all over the place and it never really even got that close. I mean, maybe (laughs) one bounced on the stage and then, and then there's like, uh, a gimmick where they're gonna they're gonna run up this ramp and and dunk a basketball, and you know I've seen Cirque du Soleil, I've seen performers. This would have been like if you did it, Glenn. Uh, hey, 
Easy. Pre-ACL. Is that better? Okay. No, it's not. There was no, there was zero athleticism. It was like, yeah, here's a white guy running up a ramp and just kind of half-hearted jumping, and there was there was no wow factor to it. It was there was it was nothing. It was like it was like people with no athletic talent putting on a Cirque du Soleil show. So what? What did Small Tommy think about this? Best day of his life. Really? Oh yeah. So that's all that matters. No, then. and they and they what they did is they rigged it up as a as a competition. So that there's five dude perfect guys, and they said, hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna compete till there's one winner. So we're gonna it's like they start the show out. There's five of them. They're gonna play this game. I can't remember what the first one was. But yeah, I mean, it's stuff like okay, well, we're gonna see who can make the most baskets from the you know this crazy distance. And and I noticed too, like their basketball hoops, you know, because of the, the I guess the probably the disparity of being really far away. Like the hoops were giant. Like it was hard to tell. Uh, but when you okay. really looked at it, I mean, they were probably you know five, six, seven, eight times the normal size of a hoop because they're throwing them from like stupid distances. Yeah. But it was basically like okay. You know we're gonna we're gonna just fire basketballs at this hoop, and then the first four that make it advance to the next round, and then they would sit there, and sometimes it would be minutes before they would make one, and they're just you know, and they've got unlimited supply of balls, and they're just cranking them, cranking them, cranking them, cranking them, and then when they get four winners, then the one guy's out, and then they would go to like a kind of a preset comedy piece where they would you know have people from the audience do something or. You know, they had, they had like the, I mean, it was really stupid stuff. I mean, they had like the kid come up and they said, oh, we're going to throw you into a box of snakes. And then there were like rubber snakes. I mean, it was just like real corny, campy stuff. Uh, you know, they had a scooter race, like a, like a uh, razor scooter race around the arena. Like, but I'm saying it's like if me and you and Dave were doing it. It wasn't. It wasn't like the three best talented scooter racers like in the world. Impressive. It was like guys that just did it for the first time that night. And there's yeah, was two gonna, hours of this. I was going to ask how much audience participation, like how many kids or adults or whatever, did they let throw the the Nerf football? Yeah, there was there was definitely there was definitely audience participation in almost every gimmick and segment, which the kids ate up. What, and they were selling T-shirts for forty bucks and. What did we bought one yeah, and everybody was happy. What did oh, what did the tickets run you? You know, it's been so long since we bought them. We actually bought them around the holidays, as crazy as that sounds, but they weren't insane. I think they were probably around like fifty dollars a piece or something. It wasn't like That's a not bad. two or three hundred dollar yeah. ticket. And it's like a fifteen thousand plus arena. Yeah. And these guys yeah. are geniuses. Oh no, yeah. they they absolutely are. And the thing is Everybody left happy. Like it wasn't. It wasn't like people left there going like, "Oh my gosh, I just wasted two hours." Everybody left there high fiving. Every all the kids were happy. All of all of my son's little buddies were, were were just couldn't stop talking about it the next day. And everybody everybody in Nashville was there. It was crazy. Man, kids are dumb. <laughs> and and here's the best thing: they showed this video during one of the segments and I thought it was a joke and I said well this can't be real and I found out later it actually is they're building n not a I, w I think a theme park would be an exaggeration but they're building a destination dude perfect venue that has 
all all of their gimmicks set up, but it's it's like this really elaborate. I mean, think like uh, when you saw Jurassic World, like the visitor center from Jurassic World, where they have holograms and and like places where you ride this elevator way up and shoot basketballs down off the side of this thing and they're they're building like an attraction like a destination attraction where people will vacation to that's wild yes so they are monetizing this thing every which way wow the the shelf life has to be running out right i would think so because there's only so much they can do yeah and they've kind of already done it but i guess if you're just recycling like you're just running through the same age group and that continues to turn over like there's always 10 to 12 year old right boys and i don't know that i've into run the into same stuff i've run into a lot of adults that are like oh man dude have you seen no. this dude perfect there, that doesn't exist it's all kids yeah i mean the only thing of theirs other than some of the trick shots is the uh some of the bits that they do yeah. like the pick up basketball game characters like the guy who shows up and all the yeah the, and all, all the those gear. are funny and they and that right and that relates with the dads and i will say as a parent of somebody in that age demographic there's not a lot of programming out there that's safe that's not you know full of bad language or full of you know sexual overtones or any of that i mean this is very much just bland Nothing overly edgy about it that you you could feel confident your kids could go down that YouTube rabbit hole all day and there'd be nothing worrisome there. And I think they've hit on like this amazing niche in the market. But what I was explaining to my wife was because they they part of one of the video montages is it shows where they started. So they were all they all went to college together. I think at A and M or somewhere. I somewhere think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, it's showing like grainy footage, probably like from a camcorder. And I'm thinking back to like your old fantasy football videos, you know, but I, you know, I'm telling my wife, I was like, yeah, they pretty much just videoed themselves doing exactly what we all did at college. I mean, you know, we stacked up all the mattresses at the end of the dorm and somebody would put on a football helmet and try to run through the, you know, run through the crowd to hit the mattresses. And, and they just had the foresight to video it. And put it on TV, but I was like, we did like we did all this stuff. I mean, we had we had a game where we had little um, mini frisbee discs that we were trying to trick shot through, you know, through this big board that we had made holes in in the dorm. But we never videoed it. It was just something we did at night to pass the time. And they thought to video it and monetize it, and now they've cornered this entire industry. And I'm sure they're all worth multi millions. Oh, easily. I mean, they're they're all have made a career out of doing something we all did in college for 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 no money. I don't think we could have ever monetized it, but this was late college years, and then maybe the first couple of years out of college. There was a group of us that used to play pickup basketball in the summer, but we played at this. Um, it was basically like an. It was like a daycare place that had a concrete slab, but the goals were only like eight and a half or nine feet. <laughs> but we put we put nets on the goals and like painted the three point lines and stuff. And but we we videoed it, and it was just for our own entertainment because right. we'd go out in the summer. You could play for a couple of hours, and then you feel like you're gonna die because it's a hundred degrees. But we videoed it and then we could edit some of it down and we considered i don't know if they would let us do it 
but we considered if we could somehow purchase time on like public access <laughs> TV and just putting it on there. We never did it, but it was an idea. I don't see how that could have ever taken <laughs> off, but we, the whole idea wasn't to make any money. It was just to be able to tell somebody to turn it to the public access channel at one in the morning on like Saturday night and you can watch us play basketball for an hour. I don't think they let that happen, but Hey, if you pay for an the idea. time, it could. Yeah. May, it, maybe so. We probably could have pulled enough together to pull it off. And then maybe, you know, we, we could have been the first dude perfect instead. <laughs> instead, I got a truck that the windows never work. And here we are at episode 186. But should we be looking at the Tell Me Where to Turn live show? <laughs> Just start out right with arenas. <laughs> what is what is the biggest venue that we could sell out if we did a live podcast like is it is it more than one of our living rooms no that it would it would have to so? be the the barbecue place we went to in kansas city because like <laughs> there was four tables and three of them were occupied with paper we could sell those other four seats and <laughs> do you think Anyone could sit through an hour-long podcast inside LCs where the seats were, like, right next to the smoker. It was, it was like a 115 degrees where it was inside their building. Yeah, and carcinogens flowing everywhere. We certainly couldn't, also, play, we certainly couldn't play Dave's house. You've been there. Oh, my goodness, How you, no. I if Dude Perfect could sell out his house. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, LC from LC's barbecue. He died, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, and not and not that recently either. So thanks for knowing that. Well, our thoughts are certainly with with his family during the <laughs> during this tr- trying time of 2015 when he passed away. But all right. Um. Oh, let's see. Do we have anything else on the anything else on the run sheet? No, I think we're uh, we're back up to square. So maybe we can get another episode in before another month elapses. I don't know. So, so, so I'm I'm unavailable next week as I will once again be going on vacation. Oh, we'll be in the uh, I guess it's the hill country. I don't know somewhere near the the Guadalupe River, which. Uh, sure we'll float the river which used to would be a prime opportunity that you might see kj just floating down the river somewhere because it's his his pastime but he lives in wisconsin now and i don't think uh, breaking news yeah i don't think uh i don't think i'll see his death sent him to reevaluate everything (laughs) well he actually uh he he googled where are all the white women at too many times and he looked up and he was in madison (laughs) Well, it's okay because we wouldn't be able to record with you next week either because Dave and I are also going to be on vacation next week. Well. And our hotel is is right up on a body of water, as a matter of fact. But this body of water has fountains that go off every 15 minutes <laughs> choreographed yes. to pop music. All right. Now that should be... should have some stories from that. I would expect a full trip report, yes, uh, in the coming weeks. All right. It works for me. 
All right. Well, let's uh, let's hold a good thought for LC. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time.